This week's podcast brought to you by Granny Curlers. My brother in suburban Chicago is on the board of his local golf course, and they're trying to keep uh, intruders from the course while it's closed this spring from walking on the course. And he received this kind of surveillance photo the other day of one of these intruders from that suburb walking on the course, walking his dog on the course, presumably fouling the course uh, with dog dirt. And um, that intruder was another one of my brothers who lives in the same town. There's no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Well, week whatever this is of quarantine, we've lost track of time, dates, days of the week. Is it week three? Months of the year, I think so. We're pa- we've had three full weeks, so we're into week four. We're into week four, and I should say before we start this that um, as soon as we finished taping last week's podcast, I went to the mailbox, and in the mailbox from George, my monocle dealer in Columbus, was a jeweler's loop, and I can't thank him enough for this. Um, we should post a photo of it. Oh, for sure. Well, we, we should post, for people to get the real feel, we should post a photo of you wearing it. Me wearing it. It now has pride of place in the puzzle room. Our former dining room is now the puzzle room. Elvis had his jungle it's more room. It's like the puzzle triangle. It's the puzzle room. Like right? Elvis's jungle room. But, but since it's become this vortex where pieces disappear. Oh, that's um, true. We just completed a puzzle fresh out of the box, the sealed box, the second the sealed bag inside the sealed box, and one piece is missing. A thousand piece puzzle, nine hundred ninety nine. You you completed it last night. I was already upstairs putting somebody to bed, and I came down this morning. You hadn't told me that there was a piece missing. It's unbelievable. But like like the like the closure you bring in to get a cheap save. As I had about 40 pieces left, all individual pieces, and it was easy to figure out where everything went then. It was not easy. Two of the kids came in to finish the puzzle, and and one of them held a piece in his hand so that when all the other pieces were in place, he could place the last piece, which did I thought was do, diabolical and, and admirable. Did he do the triple tap? He did the, He did a, at least the triple tap, and, and, um, and you were, I must say, a very little help in that puzzle, but you also swooped in in the final 50 pieces. I didn't to, do any of the puzzle until last night when there, yeah, there's about 50 pieces left. I came in and put in maybe five or eight of them. Which I appreciate. And, but, but realize that, you know, you should never have let me do that. You should never let me come in when, you, when there's less than 100 pieces left in the puzzle. I have not done any of the grunt work. How would I have stopped you? You, you could have said... You know, you really haven't helped me with this puzzle this whole time. Move along. But I, I like the notion. <laughs> how, how would I have responded to that? I, I like the notion that you're sometimes in the puzzle room, and, and I like thinking that there's a pretty little thing waiting for the king down in the puzzle room. <laughs> walking in Memphis, are we? Yes, we are. Very nice. Walking in Memphis makes me think of walking the dog, and the the the. But not the person, the being that has benefited more than any other from the quarantine is our dog. Because every day now, well, when the weather's nice, we are getting out of the house and we're taking the dog. Our whole family almost is taking the dog for a walk. Although the other day, 
Now, uh, I'll rewind a little bit. Whenever we take the dog for a walk, generally I'm the one holding the leash. I am the one picking up the dog's mess in the in the poop bag. Anyway, the other day you went with our kids. I didn't go to take the dog for a walk. You came back to the house and told me that you could not figure out how to open no, no, no. the poop I, I, bag. Not that I couldn't figure it out. I was unable to do it. I know well, that there's only the two ends thing. of the bag and that's that one of them must thing. open, but I couldn't I couldn't get purchase with my fingertips and I had no fingernails to peel open the bag. It just wouldn't work. Well and I spent five minutes in it's somebody's like front snapping yard. Snapping your fingers. You've gotta like with the bag, you've gotta just you know, move it along itself and it opens anyway. So your solution was to take two bags. No, 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 no. Tr- treat no. the poop like a sandwich between bread. I did. That that I did. But what I did was I took a second bag detached a second bag you know it's like that those you could bags. also not open did you even try opening yes the second i tried bag? opening it when i couldn't i uh, that's when i took the two unopenable bags and they were openable, served myself the proverbial the proverbial or proverbial s sandwich <laughs> and then what did you do when you put it when you sandwiched the poop how did you then carry it i got a slice of swiss cheese and a pickle <laughs> how did i carry it yeah I wrapped it up. It was more. It was more of a a, a, a burrito that I that I I rolled a burrito. Well, the 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 best part about this is that um, our son, when we go on walks, often is on a scooter, and uh, and the do- our dog is an athletic dog who likes to run. So if we're walking now, sometimes he'll take the leash and she'll go with him because he can go any speed that she wants because he's on the scooter. And the other day he had her way ahead of us. And at one point I noticed that he had stopped and I looked and realized it was because the dog had done her business. And so when I got up to him, he had figured out the bag and opened the bag and appropriately bagged the doo. It was never the doo-doo. It was I never, mean our 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 not our eleven year old son can figure out how to open the bag. It was never an intellectual failing on my part. It was it, What it was, was it? A mechanical it, failing? It, it was a yeah. failing. No, it was first of all the bags were, were sort of irregular and they they weren't peeling apart and I'm not sure that they were I think it was one I've used one bags, sheet of plastic. And that was so it. has he. The the bags are fine. Well, I know he's used the bags because he came in from walking the dog solo the other night, never having done it before quarantine. He he took the dog for a short walk. You said the dog had already uh, done its business that day and Probably, was unlikely to do it again right. but you did because she came in you weren't you weren't you had absented yourself from the rest of the house you're off having one of your spa oh, moments please. and anyway. and he said that was it she did go again and it was a triple w wet warm and watery <laughs> but i bet he was able to open the bag and did his best to get it in there i'm sure he did well, not to continue the, this conversation about dog do, but I'm going to. Um, our 11-year-old son and our 9-year-old daughter, I don't, I don't know wh- why, but they were looking for things to do around the house that could help them make money. I don't know if they've found something that they both want to go in on and purchase, but they were, they were eager to, to find some chores that they could do, extra chores on top of the ones they normally do, to get money. And so they decided one of those things was going to be going to the yard and pick up all of the old dog do. Shovel up. Shovel up. Yeah, of course. So first of all, they each came in and said, are there any gloves we can wear? And I said, well, yes. I I've have, got this. I, I have, have two, 20, 
Two ten pair packs. Of gloves. <laughs> so we gave them each a pair of gloves. But yeah, they use the shovel, and then they use like a uh, not a reusable, but a one-time use grocery bag, and they filled mostly filled the bag. And I know how full it was because at one point our nine-year-old came in to the kitchen where I was preparing something, some food, opened the bag in front of me and said, look at how much poop we scooped up. They put it all in a bag, which was great because they then brought it to the woods and dumped it out, but first brought it into the kitchen. And it just made me think of when you had the dead vole or whatever it was on the shovel hovering over our kitchen table while dinner was on it to show me your your treasure. Right. So but certainly our daughter she also has this learned week, this from you. She also this week, to continue the theme of this week's show, she also this week came in from a, <laughs> a walk with, with our, our son. They went for They took the dog for a walk. And she said, Dad, I saw somebody else's dog's uh, poop in a bag by the curb. So I did the right thing and I picked it up. <laughs> That's right. She found a poop bag that was not... One of ours. And I said, good for you, but I'm and not sure it home. <laughs> that was good for her or good for anybody. But it was the right, I That was not the right thing to do because that person, when that, that person goes to pick it up, they'll be, they'll be well, thinking. The, I'm sorry, go, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, no, I was just saying, where'd they go? this determines whether or not it was the right thing to do. Which curb was it by? Was it in front of our, our house? Because if so, that was the right thing to do. If it was in front of the neighbor's house, just leave it there. Well, of course. <laughs> But but this reminds me, and then we'll get off this topic. And this is this was as, so this was not intended. As to listeners be the way know we by now, we don't plan anything on this nonsensical <laughs> podcast. But uh, one of the we were on a walk the other day, and this is our daily highlight: is going for a walk with the dog and the kids. And our our nine year old said, "What if the dog pooped on somebody's front step?" And then, the, and I said, "This is the nine-year-old." Yeah, I said, "I said that wouldn't happen. We don't let them walk up, and you know, because the, the dog did its business in somebody's yard." I think it was right, right, right in front of their mailbox. Right in front of their so mailbox. I said, That's right. She said, "We always, it, of course, have did it to on somebody's pick that up. Yeah. front steps." I said, "That wouldn't happen." She's, but she wasn't finished. She said, and then it, it reached up and rang the doorbell, and, and I said, "I said, <laughs> I said, this is how, this is how lazy <laughs> our kids have become." They. <laughs> They're 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 too too. They're eliminating the middle school middleman <laughs> here. It used to be when I was a kid, you had to have the the um, the enterprising nature to put a bag of dog poop on somebody's doorstep. They they just want to teach the dog to do it and then to <laughs> ring that neighbor's doorbell <laughs> and then presumably run away. Ding do, dong, doo doo, ding dong, and ditch. Yes. Well, this is that's I mean that's the same child. That's our nine year old who also had asked us weeks ago, months ago. Now, you know, if there was a really talented dog who could drive. If they're indeed colorblind, right. how could that talented dog tell the difference between um, and, the red and green and, light? And that got us into yeah. a whole discussion on and, red lights and green lights and vertical versus horizontal stoplights. Like it led with, to all kinds of places. With these children, I I'm, I feel like uh, Steve Martin hosting Saturday Night Live when Dana Carvey was doing The Church Lady. And Dana Carvey, to get around the NBC censors who wouldn't let him say, you know, dirty words on SNL, he would have to say, oh, you're bulgy, bulbous bits, all that stuff. Uh And and while he was rehearsing that on SNL, Steve Martin, seeing this for the first time, looked on and said to Lorne Michaels, what kind of a mind thinks like that? (laughs) And it didn't didn't sound like he was saying it out of admiration. 
And uh, I, I think of that frequently with, with our kids. Well, I'll tell you, I've gotten a much closer glimpse into at least the youngest one's mind just because I have become her teacher. <laughs> our older ones get their assignments. They can do them on their own. But I mean, a fourth grader is nine years old. So she gets her assignment. The teacher does you know, Zoom classrooms or whatever. She sends videos where she's teaching. But our daughter still needs to have an adult or has you know, made me think she needs to have an adult sitting with her as she's doing these lessons and learning these things. And uh, it's, there, there's a reason I didn't go into teaching. There's a reason we don't homeschool our kids. I, I don't know that I was built for this. No. It's like, and it's not difficult subject matter. It's just finding a way to teach it. Um, and, and there's, and, and one kid might be studying in his or her, let's say, face it, his bedroom. And then at 10.30 p.m. when he should be in bed, he's coming down to me with, with uh, questions from his reading or his math, and I'm, th- you, you, you weren't, you're not done with your schoolwork. You got up at eight, eight o'clock in the morning and started doing it. What have you been doing all day? And Fourteen um, hours later, you're still doing it. So, I, well, I know some of what they're doing. So, when you mentioned um, they wanted to make money for some some uh, unsavory scheme they have going, presumably to teach dogs to uh, play ding dong ditch themselves, uh, they were sitting there for the first time ever. They've all taken music lessons. Some of stuck with it more than others but for the first time ever two of them were playing music together uh our our nine-year-old was sitting at the piano and our 11-year-old was sat next to her on his saxophone and they were trying to figure out songs that they could play together Uh, so they had a common sheet music and they were trying to play something and i said from the puzzle room i said oh guys that's so nice and they started coughing theatrically and i got up to look at them and they gestured to the open saxophone case where they had seated it with a few coins they were busking <laughs> these little hustlers well the hallway where they were playing was like the you know the uh 72nd street subway station and they're they're playing for for cash so we had to throw a couple of coins and eventually a couple of singles in there to keep them playing and, and they've done it just because i know how absent-minded you can be did you by any chance check the saxophone case to see if the missing puzzle piece could be in there because if you were in the puzzle room and came no. out and they were busking there's a chance you threw in along with the penny but as you know a piece of the puzzle but as you know in the zipped pocket of my like the zipped breast pocket of my winter coat yeah i found a missing piece to the London cityscape puzzle that we did a couple of weeks ago. Why That's was it the there? That's the one where we had eight missing pieces? Yeah. Out of a thousand? But but this piece I recognized as one that we really was crucial to the puzzle. And and I must have said it, I must have put it, I must have been wearing that jacket when we were doing the puzzle, stuck it in that zippered pocket to save for later to to uh, have our nine-year-old like putting in those, those hard-to-find pieces when we found them. Right. And uh, I'm sure I set it aside for that reason. And I was anyway. wondering, why would it have been? In, I don't ever put a piece of a puzzle in my pocket. So you were just doing that so she could have the satisfaction of putting that piece in? That's, I was, that's pretty the much story so. you're going with? That's the story I'm going with. Well, my weeks are marked by two things. I know that on Tuesdays, generally, you and I are going to record the podcast. And that on Mondays, that's my weekly trip to the grocery store. I'm only going to the grocery store once a week. Um and so Monday, as we record, this was yesterday. 
And it's also since the last podcast, it's been recommended that if you go out in public, go to the grocery or whatever, you wear a mask. And so one of my friends, mother, was making masks using her sewing machine and cloth, making masks for local hospitals. And so um, my friend, she had made one for me. So I had my purple polka dotted uh, mask as I went to the grocery store. And a few things have changed now at at our local stop and shop. There are arrows um, on the aisles, so you're only supposed to go down each aisle one way. A one-way Which makes, makes sense, yeah. It's a one-way street so that you don't pass anybody. Um, you stay, you know, farther apart. There's lines marked at the checkout so that you don't um, get too close to somebody as you're checking out. But one thing that has stayed the same is still no toilet paper, still no paper towels. So I was talking to one of my friends uh, yesterday, and this morning I'm in our basement. I like to get my workout done first thing in the morning. I get a text from my friend. She's at a different grocery store. And she tells me they've got paper towels. We haven't we haven't seen paper towels in the grocery store since this whole thing started. It's been three weeks to a month. And we've been in the past very profligate with our paper towels. And we've become much less so. Now we use a quarter of the half yeah. sheet yeah, for, I use, for a few days on I end. I use rags whenever I can use rags instead, sponge, whatever. So, but still, we, we could use some paper towels. So... As soon as she tells me this, I said, you know, can you get me one? She said, no, it's limited to one per customer. So within five minutes, I'm in my workout clothes. Within five minutes, I've thrown on a sweatshirt and sweatpants over my workout clothes, grab my wallet and mask, and I'm in the car to get to this other grocery store, which is 10 minutes away. And as I'm driving at 830 in the morning or whatever it is, I I literally started laughing out loud at myself. I'm like, this is what the world and my life has come to. I am. Three weeks ago, you were a successful businesswoman, <laughs> and now you're now, in. I, I'm. I'm looking as rough as I can, you know, generally look. Hearing, wearing wearing a purple polka dotted homemade face mask. Hearing a rumor because of paper towels because my dealer tells me that there's some paper towels at the other grocery store that I never go to. So I get to that grocery store, and there are. There's quite a. And she had said to me, I said, you know, how how many paper towels do you have? She said, probably an hour's worth. Like you've got probably an hour to get here and still get some. So I get there. This was Big Y, right? This is Big Y. Are you hesitant to name the name of this? No, no, no. It's Big Y. And uh, so I get there, and I get my. You know, it's uh, they're all multi packs, so you can either get an eight pack or a six pack. Well, that's a no brainer. I'm gonna get the eight pack. I don't even remember what brand they are, (laughs) but I bring these things home. I don't even know if they. We haven't. We haven't tried them out yet. But I don't know if they'll even work. They're, they're, the texture of them is, I, I don't know what. Um, and then like a normal roll of Bounty or whatever, paper towels are, are, are really wound tightly on the roll. These, there's like air and space between, you know, the layers. And what was our son's line about them? He said, he said, the water will absorb the towels. Yeah. <laughs> and. He may be right. Like, I don't even know how these things can pass as paper towels. But I felt I felt good about myself that I um, that I was able to get them. And and the odd thing is I never go to this grocery store. I haven't been there in probably a year. And uh, I ran into three people that I knew, everybody wearing their 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 face masks. So in there, they also had the tape on the floor. So you stay six feet away. And, and I spent longer waiting to check out than I did even shopping in the store. And I. I I end up seeing a person who's a friend of mine who I haven't seen in person in a month. And we start chatting, but across like, you know, 10 feet away as I'm in, in the aisle to check out. And she has a woman who I assumed knew her 
just looks at her as, as she says something to me. This woman says to my friend, keep moving. And um, I thought she was joking around because she knew her. Well, I find out later because my friend texted me that, no, she did not know the woman. <laughs> the woman was just mad that maybe my friend was five feet away from her instead of six feet and <laughs> admonished her. Keep moving. But um, anyway, that was my that was my drug run this morning was to go get these <laughs> paper towels. And between this week and next week, I'm sure I will have an occasion to use them and try them out. And we can tell people if I was wrong, they're actually the best paper towels we've ever used. Or if um, they're going to be what I expect well, they're going to be. if you picture the bounty paper towel guy, the rugged lumberjack mascot, we'll have to come up with a mascot for these paper towels. It would be the the old 98-pound weakling from yeah. the back of the comic book. <laughs> yeah, it certainly will be something like that. Don't get in your face ad. Um, that had me thinking, because my sister, who's an ER doctor in Minneapolis, mentioned Oh, can I, me, I just want to throw in quickly? Yeah, um, sure. Everybody in the grocery store was wearing a face mask. Every single person. This was Monday when I did my big shopping and then even today, whereas a week ago there may have been two or three, but everybody or a scarf or something around their face. So I give people in our area credit. They're at least heeding we're, the advice of the experts and covering their mouths. Anyway, we're also sister, sorry about much that. nearer the epicenter of all this in New York than mm-hmm. most in America are. But uh, my sister in Minneapolis as an ER doctor, of course, has been wearing all of the PPE and the full suit that you've seen on TV. And she said a week ago that camaraderie and um, a little bit of, I mean, levity is the wrong word, but, you know, humor had returned to the ER when people started recognizing, colleagues started recognizing each other by their eyes because that's really all that's visible. And so I'm wondering, were you able to recognize your friends by their eyes? Well, I'll say this. The first person, um, and it's somebody I know well, I've coached her daughter for years. She was about 10 feet away from me and she started talking to me and I just looked at her and it was clear to her that I didn't recognize her. And so she took her face mask down a little bit and then immediately I recognized her. But no, I didn't recognize her. Another, the friend of mine who was told to keep moving, I recognized her right away because she had like a homemade mask on. There was a guy there, you don't, at least I don't tend to see a ton of guys that I know at the grocery store, but um, there was a gentleman there that I knew and I recognized him right away. And obviously my friends recognized me right away because my mask doesn't make me any shorter. But yes, it was difficult when I first saw my first friend to recognize her just by her eyes. This reminds me that people obviously recognized you by your height and uh, there was a former professional basketball player, I can't remember the story, years ago, who had fallen on hard times and like held up a liquor store, I think. And he, because he was seven feet tall, the mask he was wearing wasn't all that helpful. And like the guy, the owner said, you know, come on, Bill or whoever the guy's name was. This reminds me of you in a mask at, at the big Y in your hometown of Southwick, Mass., people would still recognize you. Yes, that will. That was for sure. Um, I want to, I'm going to totally change gears here because that's what we do. What what gear were we in? I don't know. <laughs> Not in fifth. We were probably in first, I'm, I'm, puttering I'm, along. I'm glad you're changing gears because on the notes, the few notes that I have in my phone from this past week. They're all related to... No, no. Dog One of pickup the, bags. I don't even know what they mean anymore. So I just <laughs> I've written down, and perhaps you can help me with this: national lemon testicles. Okay, 
you really don't remember what that was about? So our nine-year-old, I think we've mentioned briefly, but our nine-year-old um, a couple months ago got a kid's daily devotional. And um, every day she and I sit down. It's, it's you know, not a long reading. And you just read it. It's a nice daily devotional that gets you centered in your faith and, um, and for the day ahead. And then, but there's a, one quick or one short Bible verse that starts each day. And then in parentheses, there's um, initials to tell you where it came from. So that one was, we don't, we still don't know, but the sometimes new something it's like translation International something. Children's Bible, right, right. or it might be ICB, or there's, yeah, there's different letters that tell you which, which translation it is. So this one was NLT. And so she said to me, she said, you know, what, because every day when we look, it's something different. We try to figure out which Bible it's from or which, you know, thing it's from. So, yeah, it was NLT. And, and I said, well, where do you think this one's from? And she said, National Lemon Testicles. <laughs> and I just started laughing and couldn't stop. And you were in, you were in the puzzle room. I was you in heard the puzzle it. room. But then the best part was I said to her, I said, Rose, do you know what testicles are? <laughs> and she said, no. <laughs> so first of all, where has she heard the word that it's the first T word that comes to her brain? But doesn't it sound like a like a huge corporation, an international, <laughs> totally does. a multinational conglomerate? <laughs> and so, and uh, and so then our thirteen year old was also sitting on the couch as this was happening, and she pipes in with, "Why would L stand for lemon?" <laughs> and I said to her. That's that. that's the part of that <laughs> that you're wondering about, and then she started laughing hysterically because I think she was trying to figure out how I was going to handle it. So of course, first I explained to our nine year old what testicles were, <laughs> and then was just was sitting there with our thirteen year old and our nine year old just laughing on the couch. But um, but I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You were going to switch gears, and I before and I interrupted you, me you to NLTs uh, the switch gears. <laughs> This is going to be this, this is going to be off topic, off of our NLT slash dog poop themed show. But uh, I'm going to switch well, gears. Go ahead I was going to switch gears to when I did the Instagram live with Coach Oriama, oh, but I don't want that to follow the National Lemon Testicle. So I'll go to something else, which is this. <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked before about how we think. The A L E X A is always listening to yes. us, even when she's not supposed well, to talk be. Talk about it. It is. Of course it's it is. always listening to us. In fact, and the other day it said, "It said I said A L E X A play uh, sh- shuffle songs by Neil Young," and she said, "I recognize your voice. Would you like to tell me your name?" This I mean, is uh, true. This is exactly yeah, what she is, said I to mean, you. And I said, "No, <laughs> no, I don't want you to know my name." So we've talked before how you know. One time you came back um, from somewhere and we're talking about a Mediterranean diet and that night or the next day, um, I have in my inbox from a recipe site that I follow, you know, top Mediterranean recipes or something like that, top Mediterranean diet recipes. So last week I come in the kitchen and I say, and I, we had, I'd made some tuna fish the day before and it had been in the fridge. And I said to our son, uh, I opened the fridge. It wasn't there. I said, you know, do you know if there's any tuna fish left? And I'm in the kitchen, and that's where our E-L-A-X-A is. And our son said, oh, we finished that. We ate it. I said, okay. Literally, two hours later, in my inbox from this, my my email inbox from this recipe site, is a recipe for tuna melts. Two hours after I had asked this of our son. There's no way that's a coincidence. 
ELAXA is listening and somehow is connected with this recipe site that I follow. And um, it's just always listening. So Three th- I, I, I am pretty good. I haven't been during the quarantine, but I'm normally pretty good about unplugging it when I'm actually listening to music or something. Um, but we need to unplug that thing more because it's evil and it's listening. Three things I think of when you mentioned tuna fish. First of all, of course, the REO Speedwagon album, you can tune a piano, but you can't tune a fish. Secondly, I think of like uh, the president of Augusta National, some drawly Southern person pronouncing tournament as tournament. And does that happen? Our, our tournament, of course. Uh. Just just as people in New York, when I first moved to New York, and, I, and they would they would pronounce it uh, tournament, tournament. Uh, drove me a little bit crazy. And but the the main thing I think of is why tuna fish? Why not tuna? We don't call it salmon fish. We don't call it mackerel question. fish, but tuna fish, we do. Yeah, I, I don't, don't but, but people do. It's funny because tuna fish. You want a tuna fish sandwich? That makes you think of the way people say words. Well, when I when I've been helping our daughter do some of her schoolwork, um, sometimes when we're just being silly, especially if it's a math thing, and she gets the answer right, you know, we I might say correct, correct, and it's because. Doris Burke, when she calls basketball games, I don't know why you, or maybe it's even just being around her for years, and she never says correct. She says it correct. So now <laughs> I think of Doris whenever I say the word correct, I say it as correct. You're also, uh, just speaking of language, o- over the course of quarantine, and you've always had a little bit of a new as a, as a, as a retired athlete. Uh-oh, there's, there's a... Uh, uh, insult of some sort. There's not an insult coming. Okay. No, not at all. But you have begun f- referring to yourself more and more in the in the third person <laughs> as Mama. And, and in fact, just before we came down to uh, record this, you said, "Oh, I'm going to need another five minutes because I have to make coffee." And then you made the coffee. And as you sipped your coffee, you said, mm, "Mama made a good cup of coffee." And I don't know why I comes on the doing heels that. of a lot of Mama still got game uh, playing I, hallway hoop. I forever. don't know why I started doing that, but it makes me laugh. Like. It makes me laugh every time I can say that. It, it's been more, it started with the puzzling, like um, mama can puzzle or mama can sort or whatever. It won't refer to themselves as mama, but I did. I said, mama made a good cup of coffee. And then I went and said to our 13-year-old, I said, uh, do you think I'm going to be referring to myself a lot as mama during the quarantine? And she said, yes, because you already In fact, are. Our, our nine-year-old has uh, <laughs> said a week ago and then she's brought it up a, a bunch of times since then what's that song mama just killed a man and i said oh it's bohemian rhapsody and she's sung it a bunch and i know that's come from her the frequent references by mama to mama i mean it's so it's so absurd and i think that's why like it's making me laugh right now that well, it's uh it's just so absurd. i'm just wondering if after another three i'm never weeks going this, back no nor should you but i'm wondering if after a few more weeks of this if you will be like howard hughes in the 60s and 70s when he was this uh, recluse who you you never people didn't even know if he was alive they, they the IRS was looking into the fact that he had actually died in 1970 even though he lived to 1976 and he was walking around living in hotels the desert Inn in Las Vegas the Acapulco princess in Acapulco hotels that he owned padding around in Kleenex boxes on his feet not cutting his hair and not trimming his fingernails and presumably referring to himself as mama in the third person um, do you think you have that in you to to uh, these eccentricities to snowball until you're no. a Latter Day Howard Hughes? No, you, you know better than that. Do you think I, I do? Yes, 
I don't have eccentricities like that. Um, and I know how ridiculous this is, and that's part of the reason I'm enjoying it. But can I just tell you, it's it really, it always amazes me when you go on a little, I don't know even what that was. But what was? Pull out information about people like that, about Howard Hughes and, you know, the IRS in 1970 when he actually died in whatever year. And like your brain, did you read that just once at some point and you, and you just remember all of those facts? Like, how do you whip that out like that? Uh, like, how does that work? I, I, I had to research uh, short something and write short something about Howard Hughes at one point. But uh, but how long ago? Hughes, uh, like, I would have forgotten. How do you remember uh, this stuff? I mean, it, it was Howard Hughes. It's not like this was a uh, an obscure. I know, but like most people figure. don't retain information quite like that. Well, um, anyway, I'm, I'm impressed. I, I, I envy I'm those in, people. I'm I have to say, by you. because I don't retain the information of of where I put my car keys. So no, you, you don't, know, or your puzzle piece, or my puzzle pieces. Exactly. Um, one of the things that a lot of people have done during the quarantine is um, Instagram Live. You're you're not really active on Instagram, so. Um, I don't know how much of these you've seen, but one night I was showing you this this DJ D Nice, you know, just was DJing on Instagram, and and next thing you know, there's a hundred thousand people. It was a Saturday night, and it was great music, and it was all from our era. So I was sitting in bed listening to it as well. Um, Sue Bird and Megan Rapino have done a couple Instagram lives. They do them on Saturday night, and they're entertaining. Um, so the SID Anna at UConn had gotten in touch with me and said, you know, Coach Rama wants to talk about, UConn had done this bracket of the best UConn women's basketball players. I think they started at 32 and gone down. She's like, Coach wants to talk about um, about the bracket, the best way that we can think to do it in, in during the quarantine is on Instagram Live. So would you be willing to kind of do this with him? And I said, yeah. So earlier this week, I guess it was last week, I go on Instagram and I see that the UConn women's basketball site is is broadcasting live. I know Coach doesn't have his own Instagram, or at least I don't think he does. So I click on it and there's already like 100 people in there. And all you see is like somebody's dirty desk and you just hear noises in the background. I'm just sitting there thinking, oh, no, Coach, please don't say anything. That's going to like get you in trouble. Don't do anything. Don't say anything. Well, fortunately, he was home alone. You're going to figure this out. Yeah, he was home alone. So, uh, so the next thing you know, he accepts me and he had learned how to do that. And, um, and so I'm trying to talk him through how to flip his, flip the screen, um, so that the camera is facing him. Anyway, it was, it was one of the funniest things I've seen in a long time as I'm trying to talk him through it. You kept referring to, what is this nonsense? Yeah, what is this nonsense? I'm like, well, this is the nonsense you wanted to do. So anyway, eventually he gets it. He gets it to work. And we talked for about an hour. And it was it was a lot of fun. And he, he has great stories, a great storyteller. It was enjoyable. But one of the things that cracked me up too is, you know, I don't know how many years ago he was on Twitter. And he had probably, I don't know, 60,000 or something Twitter followers. And his Twitter handle was Gino Oriema or Coach Oriema or something like that. And I don't remember what he did, but he tweeted out something that got him in a little bit of trouble. So that, that account went away. And then like a year ago, he got back on Twitter again, and his handle was at um, Gino Just Saying or something. I think it was to promote his, the podcast that he does. And so he was relatively active on that for a little while. But then when he did the Instagram Live, he, he said, like, he's abandoned that one, too. And, and he's got <laughs> quite a number of followers. And he, he just said, he's like, I just, I tweet things, I get, <laughs> and, and I get in trouble. And so it's better off to just yes. not have uh, a Twitter handle. So I'm just wondering, 
is he done? Like, do you think he's going to have one more? Or does <laughs> he have more? a burner account? Or or maybe burn or maybe he's the, the, he maybe he enjoyed the Instagram live and he's going to test the waters there and um and get on Instagram and as long as he doesn't go live again, he can't really get himself in trouble. I mean, it's pictures that you're posting, but uh, also, we'll wait and see. It, also, during when. When sports are up and running, he's having daily conversations with media, mm-hmm. a much greater opportunity to get in trouble than right. occasionally doing an Instagram well, live. For people who um, want to see it, I will I will uh, retweet it on our Twitter handle, which is at Ball and Chain Pod, and you can at least see the video of me trying to get him to turn the camera around <laughs> and the beginning of the Instagram uh, live that we did. Last night, we had another vir- family virtual happy hour, and my dad... The first time we did it, my niece was with him in his condo in Florida. This time he was alone and he couldn't figure out how to get himself on camera. So he was just a dark screen on this Zoom uh, virtual happy hour listening in. And he was also very much Gino like. I don't, this nonsense. I don't understand. And finally, at some point, he had had enough and he left the, left the happy hour. But um, there is that whole, you know, teaching your parents how to set the clock on the VCR in the 1980s aspect of this. Well, and, and, and we're not immune to it either. Like the, the first day when I was doing that Instagram Live, our, our oldest texted me and said, do you need my help teaching you how to do this? She's never, I don't think, done an Instagram Live, but she's watched them. And, uh, and often, you know, if I can't figure out exactly how to work something that has to do with my phone in particular, our, our oldest one can get it in a heartbeat. So we are certainly walking that fine line of knowing what to do and, and needing their help. And lastly, this uh, lastly, the last thing on my agenda here is you had um, big pink, old-fashioned 1950s um, watching soap operas curlers in your hair this I week. I don't remember what that was for, but uh, really, you don't remember what that was for. I swear to God, I how, don't. How what often it was for. do I put big giant never curlers in my hair? But how often are you going somewhere? Oh, you're going on TV, right? Yes. Okay. But you don't do that when you ordinarily go on TV. Well, no, because I was going into ESPN. It was for the Hall of Fame announcement. And normally when I go to ESPN and I'm in studio, they have a hair and makeup department. Right. And so, okay. Now I remember. So hair, I get a, a hair. Somebody does my hair. Somebody does my makeup. Well, they are not, no longer um, doing hair and makeup because of social right. distancing, right. Okay. obviously. So I had to do my own hair. Those rollers, courtesy of Holly Rowe. Gave them to me at some point on the road. You had forgotten, though. You should have had also had a mud pack on your right. face and cucumbers on right. your eyes. This is part of it, though. So I had my hair in curlers. I did my own makeup. I had my hair in curlers. I started to take them out and realized that my hair wasn't completely dry. So, they, like, my hair hadn't set, for a better phrase, for lack of a better phrase. So I was in my dress. Our makeup pink, done. Hot pink curlers. Hot pink rollers. I have an hour drive to get to ESPN. And that's how I drove there with my hair and hot pink curlers. In so, my car, which was low on car. gas, but you weren't going to stop to pump gas in your curlers. No, I said, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i stop and get the gas on the way home because I certainly can't get it on the way there with the curlers in my hair. But I passed a number of people. This is Saturday. I passed a number of people on the road and I did get quite a few second glances. But the other thing was, anytime I tilted my head up to look in the rearview mirror, <laughs> my head... Well, my hair and the rollers hit the ceiling of your car. Like I've always thought of your car as having great headroom. Well, these rollers are big ones, so they added like two to three inches. <laughs> so anytime I looked up to look in the rearview mirror, my my hair and my head are hitting the ceiling of the car. But I'll say this, because I went in to do the show, and 
ESPN's done a remarkable job. I I was there for two hours. This taping of the show was an hour. So maybe I was there an hour and a half. I saw five people. You have to, you get to the guard gate to get onto the ESPN campus. And normally you scan your badge and there's a guard sitting in the guard gate. Well, this time I also had to show a letter that ESPN had sent me saying it was okay for me to be on campus because, you know, they don't let any of their employees on campus except for special they don't just let any old lady in like curlers, in curlers on campus. So I saw that guard and then park my car. I walk in the building at an entrance where there's another guard and he's, you know, 10 feet away from me. Go into the studio. Reese Davis was the host, so he was there. There was a person manning a camera, never closer than 10 feet to me. And the last person was the person who has, you have to wear an IFB, which is so you can hear your producer and then a microphone. And that normally they put those on you. Well, instead, he had cleaned them all with Clorox wipes. They're sitting in my spot. And I put them on and had to do all of that. So in total, I only saw five people. None of them came. Even Reese was probably the closest one to me across the desk at eight feet. And um, we did this show for an hour. And it was um, it was really different because in a normal day, would have gone to hair and makeup, would have passed people in the hall. In a normal day, I would have easily seen and passed within six feet, probably 30 to 40 people. And it was five. And um, anyway, it was it well, was such a different, different experience. I bring this all up because as you were driving to ESPN in your curlers and you had to stop and other people saw you at, at stoplights, you speculated out loud, what did, what must people have thought of me? And our nine-year-old said something about... You looked like a grandma, even though you're not. In your grandma curlers. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's exactly what she said. She said, even though you're not a grandma, you looked like one in your grandma curlers. And of course, that's what she would think. So um, anyway, it was it was well worth the effort. My hair looked fine. Well, um, before we get to viewer mail, quickly, we have a Curiosity Shop texted in from, from oh, producer yay. Denny Gallagher, who says... Uh, what an unexpected treat. What, what an unexpected treat. If you run with a partner during a pandemic, do you have to run six feet, of, six feet apart asking for a friend? Well, it depends. Like you and I wouldn't. But if you're just meeting a friend, yeah. Like yesterday, I was driving and on our street, there were two women walking and each of them was hugging the the opposite curb. So they were walking together because they were talking across the street, but they were 10 feet apart. And um, when I've gone by, because we have a bunch of bike paths around here, when I've driven by those or been out, usually you, you sometimes people are walking shoulder to shoulder. So you assume they live together. And then sometimes you see people walking six feet Although apart, we were so. walking down a street and one of our neighbors said, we I were with guess it's okay family. for you guys to not be six feet apart. <laughs> yeah. I think at this point, yes, that ship has probably sailed. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's an interview with Larry David in the New York Times this week in which he says when he's walking in his in his Pacific Palisades uh, uh, neighborhood, he crosses the street when he sees another pedestrian, but he gets offended if that yes. pedestrian crosses the street before he does. Right, right. Like, what's, what's, what's you know, wrong who with do you me? think you are? You know what? I had this exact conversation with one of my girlfriends, and this was before the article. Um, and she was saying, you know, at the grocery store, before everyone started wearing masks, she said, you know, the etiquette sort of is if, if you're trying to get something off a shelf, but somebody else is there, you wait until they get their item and then leave. And then, you know, because normally you would just go up and grab it. Well, now you wait. She said, and then when you're walking down the aisle, if, you, if you're if you passing someone going the other direction, you look the other way. 
and her point was, but then when people look the other way on me, I'm thinking, why are you looking the other way? There's nothing wrong with me. I'm the one who looks the other way, not you. So it sounds exactly, exactly. like the Larry David. And that, that makes me think, last week we had a viewer mail from uh, Pacific Palisades about puzzles yeah, from from Pete in Pacific Palisades and producer Denny Gallagher, who had to then edit this podcast and, and get it posted texted me while he was listening to what we had sent him. So we, we, we upload this. We send it to Denny. He listens to it. And he inserts uh, the theme music and all does, that sort of uh, thing. Works his magic. And, works his magic. But he texted me while he was listening to it, and he said, uh, Puzzler Pete in Pacific Palisades is a plosive nightmare. And I realized, boy, if our peas are popping on the podcast, here's another plosive nightmare. Um, Puzzler Pete in Pacific Palisades uh, will be to blame, certainly. Or... Us for sitting or too us close for to the microphones. Um, so what's the curiosity shop? Well, that was, was the that curiosity just, shop. Yes, that's yes. That one he, question he, he kicked off five minutes of conversation just now. So well done, Denny. Well, that's got to be hard if you, especially if you're in Manhattan or really any city. He's in New Jersey, a, which is, you can't yep. be on a street like ours when you're on opposite curbs and still expect to have the same, have a conversation back and forth. So, right. um, yeah, that's shall a we, challenge. Shall we get to viewer mail before we further overstay our welcome? <laughs> I think we should. Okay. This comes from June in Georgia. She writes, uh, Rebecca and Steve, just wanted to drop a note to you both. Thank you for continuing. So from Pete in Pacific Palisades to June in Georgia. Pete in Pacific Palisades actually here, prior to this, sent a nice email in response to uh, being on the podcast last week. But... um, June writes, June from Georgia writes, uh, thank you for continuing to do the podcast. You guys make me laugh. And as you know, we really need it. Hearing your stories helps us forget about all the craziness for a little while. Uh, So that's nice to hear. Yes, it is. Let's go to Anne in, um, I feel like Larry King Live, his old radio show, actually. Let's go to Anne in in Mississippi, actually. Anne in Mississippi says, my kind of support, emotional support. And it is a package. She sends a photograph of emotional support M&Ms. It's an M&Ms package that actually says emotional support candy on the size. On the side, I should say, on the wrapper. This is cool. Did you know there was uh, emotional support M&Ms? No. Well, but can I just throw in there, because I, I, I'm assuming the emotional support candy wrapper perhaps is something in response to the coronavirus epidemic. But today, when I was at that big Y, I walked by, they had this beautiful plant, this hanging plant. I don't know exactly what kind it was. So I was reading the information on it, you know, how much light it needs and water and that sort of thing. But the best part was the last thing it said in bold letters is bigger than all the other writing about the plant helps filter the air you breathe in the house. So people selling plants are now also using that as a marketing tool. This will help filter the air you are breathing in your house. Deb writes to us, our resident goat expert, Deb with two Bs. She has legally changed her name, she says, to Deb with two Bs. Writes that, um, she writes about, uh, during Rebecca's live Instagram post with Gino, I wanted to make Rebecca laugh, so I asked if she had changed the furnace filter lately. Did she see that? Now, were you you seeing the questions as they streamed by? I watched it, and a lot of questions. They come up on the bottom, but they go really, really quickly. And so I was trying to see a, a, a question or two, but I couldn't possibly see them all because I was mostly paying attention to Coach Oriama. So no, I didn't see that. And um, and it is time, Steve, to change them. 
So yeah, absolutely, we haven't I'll, done we'll that. We'll watch the video of Golik showing us how, and we'll we'll get that taken care of. Uh, hi, Restiva writes Ralph. He uh, listen, thank, thanks you, Rebecca, for posting the link to the Woj podcast featuring Doris Burke's experience with COVID nineteen. You mentioned Doris earlier, earlier, and she had and has I think recovered from yes. COVID. Um, uh, he, Ralph has heard, heard reports about Rimmis being removed from basketball backboards in the Baltimore area and elsewhere. Uh, he continues to do a walk around of his neck of the woods. Uh, and notice that the rooms are still attached both at the school and at the park. There is a cordon of yellow police tape at the entrance of the park's courts. I doubt that that would dissuade anybody who wants to use them, but I suppose under this order, someone could be sent to prison for up to a year if they are caught shooting hoops at the at the playground. That would be an interesting uh, conversation. What are you in for? Well, I was, I was uh, playing horse at my balling. local park. Yeah. This comes from uh, our resident Australian, Dane. Dane, hi guys, it's Dane from Australia. I loved your discussion about standing over puzzles, surveying the landscape like a general. That is my role in our house when puzzles come out, and it triggered an uncomfortable puzzle memory. We had for a time a German au pair living with our family. We were going through a puzzle phase at the time. This consisted of the au pair starting very complicated puzzles with our young children, the children losing interest, my wife becoming frustrated with a sprawling puzzle mess on the kitchen table, and the au pair and I refusing to give up on the puzzle halfway through. Midway through a particularly complicated puzzle, I spent the day playing soccer in a master's tournament. Not sure if you use this phrase in America, but it's what we call a tournament for people who are past their prime, probably never had a prime, but are still playing despite that. Here it usually involves beer between games and sometimes at halftime. I had played four or five games on a very hot Australian summer day and decided to take a bath afterwards, something I never do. Perhaps Denny could cue up some uh, some music here that's appropriate to the... Uh, say, make it appropriate. Yeah. yeah, right. When getting into the bath, there was no one home, and being an inexperienced bath taker, I must have forgotten to lock the door. Probably thinking the children were in the bath, our au pair walked in on the scene. Oh, no. Oh, no, yes. The au pair mercifully ex- exited quickly. It left me, however... Soaking in Epsom salts and embarrassment. Now, dude, does Denny Q a whole different kind of music? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Post-bath, I found myself still racked with embarrassment, wandering aimlessly through the house and stumbled upon a half-finished puzzle, which I attacked to take my mind off things. Our au pair emerged from her room and silently began helping me with the puzzle. Nothing was said, but any embarrassment was put aside with that gesture of solidarity in the face of the almighty puzzle. I hope you and your family are keeping well in these crazy times. We hope the same for you, Dane. Enjoy Dane. your puzzles and lock your bathroom door, Dane. Dane, I've never, I've never met you. I don't know anything about you, Dane. But I don't know how much of this story I believe to be true, and how much of this story I believe you trolled your wife was true. <laughs> well, I think the, the 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 whole story is true. You're wondering if he left any bits out. I think he left uh, some bits out. <laughs> well, he definitely left his do. bits out. <laughs> Yes, right, well, well, uh, if it was a bubble bath, perhaps not. But, um, well, <laughs> you think he left some bits I out? I think he did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Josh our, Josh in Wyoming writes, um, Rebecca, I just have to say your Instagram live feed with Gino is one of the best things I've ever watched. The relationship between you and Gino is something special to watch. Whether you coach at a high college level or a group of grade school kids, that's what you hope to have when your players are done, a real, genuine, authentic relationship uh, with them. Thanks for sharing that with us all. We're all better for seeing that. Josh. Rebecca? Um, that is a relationship. That What what you saw on Instagram was the sort of inane banter that you engage with with coach. And you said to him at, the, you said to him at some point, he uh, taught you about uh, succeeding and, and getting the best out of you. And, and you taught him about how to uh, 
turn his camera around. That was well. That was what I had posted on Twitter. Um, well, the the beauty of and, and people who've interviewed Coach Oriama understand this is you don't really need to say much. The only way you can screw up, especially if you're on camera, the only way you can screw up an interview with Coach Oriama is if you mistake one of his pauses for a time for you to talk. Because often his pauses are just like a pregnant pause, and then he's going to say something that's really interesting or going to go into a good story. He's so actually thinking before he says something. Yes, exactly. So that's one the one thing I've learned over the years. Give it a few extra beats because something great is probably coming and just wait for it. And uh and so hopefully I've I've done an okay uh, job doing that. And I used to try to fill the awkward silences when I interviewed somebody, and I realized later that those awkward silences those awkward silences people naturally want to fill. So if you let the yes. interview subject fill them, it's um, it's more awkward for them. It's course. just as awkward, if not more awkward for them. So if you just wait, they will continue to talk. And a lot of time it's not good stuff, but with him, it's always good stuff. Your receiver writes, uh, Harald. Harold. Hi, Harold. <laughs> Which, of course, is Harold, but uh, we like He's saying Harold. He's always Harold to me. Yo, Restiva, thanks for the inspiration to sit my butt down and work on a puzzle. I broke out a thousand-piece Minnesota Gopher football stadium puzzle and have spent hours on it this weekend. Kudos to Rebecca for her pregame sorting of puzzle pieces. She is the unsung hero, like the setter in volleyball trying to make her teammates shine. Harold gets me, Steve. He gets you. I spent about two hours sorting the puzzle and now hope to lure my kids into participating. Regarding your question about what families are doing for entertainment during the lockdown, our family has been enjoying nearly nightly card games of hearts. I'm the villain who everyone wants to beat. We're also expanding our list of home-cooked meals to make dinner more interesting. Sadly, Tom, Dick, and Hari has been diligent and has not gotten together to jam. Cheers from Minnesota, H. We've, um, one of my friends, actually the same friend I ran into at the grocery store today, gave me the card game Phase 10 a while ago because it's a game that you can play with younger kids and it's it's fun. It's a little bit more involved than Uno or Old Maid or whatever. And so been enjoying, we had been playing games of phase 10 with her. And then our 13 year old who is ridiculously competitive wanted to play a game of phase 10. And we get to like phase nine and she's won every hand and things are going great. And then we get to, or maybe it's phase eight and we get to phase nine. And I finally, by the skin of my teeth, barely win a hand. We haven't played it since. She, <laughs> she, she could not, she raged. was, Enraged, furious, all those things are true to the point where <laughs> we, we had to end the game. And so it had been about a week had, had gone by since this episode, the one time we'd played, played the game. And I said to her, do you want to try playing phase 10 again? And she said, no, <laughs> because she lost one hand. <laughs> it's unbelievable. But for people who have younger kids, like our, it's a great game with our, for our nine-year-old. She would have been fine playing it when she was eight, too. I don't know um, what the box says, but it's it's a fun game, and it's a game adults can enjoy while playing with their younger kids. So I recommend that. John writes, Rebecca and Steve, John in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, it's imperative to get a little outside time during this quarantine. Even while practicing social distancing, you can garden with many pairs of gloves. Shoot a few hoops and embarrass your kids as part of the bargain. See attached video. And the attached video, which was sent to ballandchainpot at gmail.com, is one of the funnier things I've seen. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. And um, 
It's I five will, seconds. I will post it on our Instagram, which is at Ball and Chain Pod. But basically, there's a little gardening, a little basketball playing, and a whole lot of embarrassment for the yeah, kids. Yeah, it's it's terrific and funny in five seconds. So um, I'll, I'll definitely post that there. Well, I mentioned that I, at the top of this podcast that I got my jeweler's loop from my monocle dealer in Columbus, George. Thank you so much, George. Uh, Dr. Gary Siegel, um, another one of our uh, our panoply of medical experts, um, writes that. Um, I'm so glad George informed you that jeweler's loops would be something that he, not a jeweler, would provide. If you didn't learn from your sister, the redhead from Stingray Afternoons, about surgical loops. Now, those are the, those are, that's what I was looking for. Yes, you didn't, we never asked no, Amy about no. that. Uh, here's the story. Some surgeons wear them for surgical cases involving smaller structures. I've seen them used by neurosurgeons, hand surgeons, and vascular surgeons. And I'm sure that I'm overlooking their use by many other surgeons. However, as an OBGYN, they're generally not needed. That said, I may need some running shoes in around nine months from March, i.e. around Christmas as COVID-19 and sheltering in place may produce a good upward curve in the birth rate. Uh, lastly, a picture of surgical loops is pasted at the bottom of this email, and here is exactly what I was looking for. Uh, there, there are a pair of glasses with these uh, uh, loops affixed to them, and those are probably the ultimate that's, puzzlers. Uh, that's another thing I'll post on, on Instagram, is I will post a picture of your jeweler's loop along with the surgical, what does he call them, surgical? Surgical loops. Surgical loops. And uh, uh, Dr. Siegel also uh, recommends- How do you spell loop? L-O-U-P-E. Okay. Um, he gets into some uh, Formula One stuff here that only I, as a Formula One Netflix drive <laughs> to survive aficionado, right. would probably appreciate, but also recommending the classic John Frankenheimer movie Grand Prix from 1966, which I still haven't seen, and, and that's something I will redress uh, during quarantine. As for his handkerchiefs, my father of blessed memory indeed also carried and used a handkerchief, writes Dr. Siegel. I remember as a child that he wanted me to carry one, and, well, it never caught on with me. So there you have it. We've done uh, surgical loops and hankies in the same email. Rich in Corvallis, Oregon, writes, um, I found this while looking at an old September 23rd, 1975 edition of the Lowell, Massachusetts Sun. Apparently, Channel 5 in Boston was too offended to show the first episode of Welcome Back, Cotter, and the Sun drama critic wholeheartedly agrees. And in fact, he encloses an article from the Lowell Sun of 1975. Um, Boston's ABC affiliate didn't show the first episode of Welcome Back, Cotter. Presumably, once the show became among the most popular on TV, they had to show it. And the uh, the critic for the Sun agrees, calling it one of the worst uh, desecrations of television in, in recent Years and but Rich from Oregon writes, Well, I say to them, up their nose with a rubber hose. <laughs> When's the last <laughs> time you heard that phrase? Well, you never heard it, you heard it frequently on the playground during the heyday of Welcome Back, Cotter, right. though it never made any sense to us. We just knew it was an insult. Right. Up your nose with a rubber hose. Elaine uh, in Maine, Elaine in Maine. Perfect. Listening well, from was, Maine, comma, June? Elaine. June in Georgia, what do we have around? June in Georgia, but the Elaine in Maine stays mainly on the plane, right? Uh, Elaine in Maine stays mainly. Is that a thing? The rain in Spain stays mainly on the plane. You don't know that? I don't. Forgive me. Don't look at me that way. I, I mean. Uh, with disappointment in your eyes. With I, I know disdain that. from Maine. Yes. Elaine in Maine writes, Dear Stephen and Rebecca, while listening to last week's podcast, both of you pronounced handkerchief with the emphasis on chief with a long E sound. My dad and both grandmothers used handkerchiefs. My dad was, what, what, what did I, how did I mispronounce that? My dad's was monogrammed with his initial and my grandmother's had lace or floral embroidery. But the handkerchief was always pronounced with a soft I. 
Oh, a handkerchief. Handkerchief. Your pronunciations prompted me to search the Webster's Dictionary pronunciation. They have the sort... They have the soft I pronunciation. Did your elders also pronounce with the emphasis on the E sound? Now I don't know. Handkerchief. No, handkerchief. I've always done as handkerchief. handkerchief. Yeah. Handkerchief. Handkerchief. You you say it differently. You say the first part of the word differently than me too. Hank. Let's let's you say hand. Let's do hanky. Hand. Handkerchief. Okay. Well, good. I mean, interesting. But my favorite part of this is it's Elaine from Maine. Stays mainly in the plane. And uh, let's see, Jerry with the G writes about, uh, Jerry with the G um, grew up in Bristol long before ESPN was even a thought when that area was regi- residential farmland, though the driving range Rebecca mentioned was there and Lake Compounds was a much different amusement park than it is today. Very interesting uh, email about Bristol pre-ESPN and how her parents were became uh, very big UConn basketball fans. Uh I think often of how much mom would have enjoyed listening to your podcast, Rebecca. It would have given her something else to look forward to each week. Rebecca, your frequent comments about driving in Bristol always bring a smile to my face and bring me back to my time growing up there. So you driving to Bristol in Grandma Curlers this week should That's should really hit home. homage to Grandma. Steve, P.S., I had to laugh when you mentioned handkerchiefs or handkerchiefs or handkerchiefs. I had told someone a few weeks ago that we should bring those back. I remember my mom washing my dad's handkerchiefs, and my sister and I had the chore to iron them. To iron the handkerchiefs? Iron the washed hankies, yes. Hmm. Interesting, no? I'd rather iron them than launder them. I would as well. Um, and finally, Patty with two T's and one I, who may or may not be related to Denny with one N, writes, Hi, Rebecca, you're not alone in ordering something and finding out when it arrives that you have ordered dozens of the same thing. Much like your gardening gloves, I was ordering office supplies from Staples, and when I went to my shopping cart, it showed me some other items I might be interested in adding to my cart. One of them was toilet paper. I got so excited that toilet paper was in stock that I added it to my cart and quickly checked out. When I got my email receipt, I noticed it was a case of toilet paper. 80 rolls. As the UPS man left it on my front porch, he was laughing. As he said to me, well, now you have enough. Now I'm sharing with the neighbors, Patty, our resident our resident travel advisor. Well, good for her because toilet paper is still something I have not seen in any grocery store because over you didn't, the course of the last Because month. you didn't have the foresight to order toilet paper in bulk from Staples, the office supply superstore. Right. How, did I, how did I forget that? I don't know. For the same Staples reason. Staples and highlighters. Well, that's all I have. That's, I think that's enough. I think that's more than enough. Too much. Probably. A should lot. we just have, uh, first of all, we should say, we hope everybody's of safe, course. healthy, happy, sane. That goes happy, without saying, sane. but let's say it. Yeah, that, that's But it only goes without saying if you don't say it. That's happy, why healthy, and sane, because uh, staying well, sane well, no, in no. these times can be pretty challenging. Happy and healthy. If, if you're happy, healthy, and not sane, that's fine too. No, it's not. Like, the moms out there, the the women out there whose husbands are now working from home who used to go to the office know what I mean when I say I hope you're staying sane. Well, there are plenty of people who are sane and unhappy. I'd say happy and insane is probably better than unhappy and insane. I'm just going to repeat insane. one more time. The women whose husbands are home and now get to experience what I get to experience all the time right. working from home with a husband who also works from home. I say to them, I hope okay. you're staying. Well, I hope sane. you're happy and healthy. And whether you're sane or not, that's that's entirely up to you. 
All right. Thank you, Denny, our wonderful producer, Tom Dick Hari. Please play us out. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in the cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, what we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.